Good afternoon. It's Dorothy Polarski, uh, along with a very special guest all the way from the North Pole, um, April Smith. Uh, hi, April. Morning. <laughs> How you doing? We're doing great. A little chilly and windy today, but North Pole all the way. All the way. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to welcome everybody that is signing on. Um, I would like for you to um, tell us where you're from, tell us how many kids you have, tell us how you found out about yourself. So please, as you're signing on, say hi. I'm Becky from Boston, or I'm Dorothy from Delaware, wherever you're from. Uh, please do sign on in the chat there. Uh, tell us where you're from. We we love hearing from. Oh, Rama! Rama is one of our mothers group leader. So, uh, she said you would love Rama. April, you would just love Rama. Uh, Rama's one of our mothers group leaders at St. Benedict's Parish in Etobicoke. She said she would love to see the North Pole. Hey, you know what, Rama? I've been talking to April and she's got a 5,000 square foot home. I kind of figure that maybe we should have a mothers group meetup in the North Pole. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Um, also, we've got Liz Garcia from St. Dominic's. Um, I met Liz Garcia in kindergarten. So. <laughs> and she's uh, part of, uh, you know, my mom's group. So welcome, Liz. Uh, Paola Marshall is from Mississauga. She uh, belongs to the St. Christopher's uh, Mothers Group there, and she um, used to be the Mothers Group leaders there, and now who took over? Jen. Jen took over. Uh, Roseanne from Our Lady of Peace. Uh, Rema Cello says she's coming to the North Pole, so we're scheduling our next meetup at the North Pole. <laughs> um, Angela Rashid is a new, brand new, uh, I call them just baked fresh out of the oven mother's group leader who's starting her groups in uh, January, and Angela is a convert. So welcome, um, Angela, great to see you again. Uh, Janine Wu, thanks from North Scarborough. Lucy from Mississauga. Um, anyway, I wanted to welcome you all. It's, uh, you know, some of you know me quite well, and then others, you're, maybe you're here from the, for the very, very first time. Um, for those of you that have been here before, thanks for coming back. For those of you that are new, uh, welcome. Now, um, why do we host these virtual meetups? Well, we host these virtual meetups because we work in partnership with the Archdiocese of Toronto and we help parishes start Catholic moms groups. Uh, we say that I'm on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And COVID has stopped us meeting face to face. And so since COVID broke out, we decided why not host these, um, you know, meetups virtually. And so here we are every single week since COVID broke out, we're here for you. And uh, we also have smaller groups that are more intimate where all the ladies are on the screen, the parish-based ones. Um, now, April, when I say to you the vocation of motherhood, you know, our ministry is on a, on a mission to revive the vocation to motherhood. What, what does that mean to you? I'm kind of curious. Sure. 
Um, I think that it means to uh, remind our culture um, that motherhood is a joy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to that our job as mothers is worthy um, of praise and honor and glory from God. Um, you know, I, I was married five years before I had kids. And so I was working and transitioning um, from not working to home was very difficult for me. And I was not Catholic at that time. And um, coming into the church and realizing the honor and love that the church has for mothers um, really changed my life and uh, made me find um, glory from God in myself, my everyday life. Yeah, it's uh, giving me kind of goosebumps when you when you say that because uh, you know so many people that are outside of the Catholic faith, um, they don't get it. You know, like that they say, oh, Catholic women don't have any power. Or Catholic women can't be priests, and I kind of keep on saying, wait a minute, we've got a woman that is the queen of heaven and earth. <laughs> you know like oh my gosh you know like our blessed mother is queen of heaven and earth and I don't know how it happened at my house but my kids ever since I was little they call me the queen right (laughs) it's just hilarious because I didn't teach that to them but um they call me the queen and it's like whatever the queen wants like okay I don't know how I got it uh and when Monica was just a tiny little kid she used to call me Mama Lucci as a three-year-old Mama Lucci and I'm like Mama Lucci then I thought mother of light you know so Mm -hmm. uh, there is a remarkable amount of dignity associated with being a Catholic woman Mm -hmm. now most of you here aren't going to know this you know today is a very 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 special day And I want each of you that are uh, joining us today to know that it's a very special day. And I want you together with me to wish April all the way in Alaska a very happy birthday. (laughs) Today's April's birthday. There's a little sign here. I don't know if you can see it in the candles, but uh, it's a little happy birthday cake. So we want to wish you a very happy birthday all the way from Toronto. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear April. Happy birthday to you. Now you gotta blow out the ca- the candles on the count of three. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, what I meant. Thank you so much. And virtual cake has no calories, so that's yeah. good. No, I, I just have to tell everybody that. Uh, when April told me it was her birthday and she was still willing to be a part of today, I was just very, very deeply, you know, touched. So, um, April. Well, I share my birthday with Pope Francis. And so today's Pope Francis's birthday and I'm getting quiet in this room as my birthday present from my children. (laughs) Ah, 
So So that's fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit uh, more about yourself? Tell us a little bit more. It's your birthday today. It's my Uh, birthday. uh, I'm 43. Okay. Um, I have 10 children from eight. Yes, 10 from uh, having an eight month old baby. She was just born at the beginning of COVID in March. And I have an almost 19 year old son who's getting ready to go to the Marine Corps. So um, a wide span there. Um, and they are uh, all about two years apart. So they get on all evens or all odds. Right now they're all odds. So three, five, seven, nine, 11, 13, 15, 17, and 19 there. So. And, and, and all of these children are your children. They are all my children. They all have the same dad. And um, we, I, I, um, I don't know where to start with that, really. <laughs> I, I, could ask, I could screen share a little photo of them if you would like. Yes, yeah, no, please do, yeah. Okay, let me see. Now, I'm not the master of Zoom technology, but I do see I can screen share here. Okay. Uh-oh. It doesn't want to have me screen share with you right now. So I will keep on pressing buttons here and um, Okay. Um let me see why it doesn't like me to screen share because I kind of do it all the time. <laughs> um Okay, hold so. on. Um you know what? I'm gonna make you a co-host and see if that is going to allow you to screen share. So try now, because I've got some pretty stringent. There we go. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get rid of my system preferences there. Um, so these are my kiddos. Uh, you can see them all there. Um, so yep, that's Anna. She's the princess baby. Um, are, can you can see my screen? now? Yes, I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, and this is my husband, Pete, and I'm not sure how he talked me into this crazy life, but this is it. And, uh, you know, even my 13 my year old son, Luke, right here, he just told me this morning, um, coming down our stairway, we have all of our family photos from when we had no children, just Pete and myself, with each new baby, we have a new family photo. And they go all the way down our long staircase. And at the bottom is our new picture. And, and, you know, the kids take the baby and they say, who's that little family? And they go down the stairs and then they say, this is your family when they get to the one that has them with the baby, you know? And uh, my son said, you know, I was showing Anna her picture because this is her picture since she's the baby. Um, Her picture. And it just doesn't seem like that many kids. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I I told him, hey, I know that feeling because sometimes at the dinner table, I think, well, it just doesn't seem like that many kids. Well, it's a it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful family. Now, um, you mentioned to me, okay, so you're a a mom in of uh, 10 children. Rema, our mother's group leader at St. Benedict's, she's asking, how the heck did you end up in the North Pole? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Sure, that's a great question. My husband, um, we got married when I was 19, and he joined the active duty Air Force 
and there is a large Air Force base about 10 miles from North Pole, Alaska. It's, um, so we came here with the active duty Air Force in 1997. And my husband said, you know, there, we grew up in Pittsburgh, which is a pretty big city. And um, he said, it feels just like a man can breathe here and stretch out his legs and I'm never leaving. And so then I cried. <laughs> and I said, this wasn't the deal. We were supposed to travel and see the whole world and go interesting places, not North Pole, Alaska. And he said, I don't know, I'm staying. So if you want to stay, you're going to have to stay. Uh, so that's now, how we got here. Now, the one thing that you and I talked a little bit about when we were chatting last week was you know how it's just so interesting that when a woman marries right that she really has no idea what she's entering into there's this huge remarkable kind of mystery and so when you say yes to marriage you're you're saying yes to a heck of a lot more and you know you usually don't know what you're saying yes to um you, you told me a little bit of a story which I thought was, you know, very, very kind of uh, fascinating about your marriage. Like, where were you at? Um, you know, you weren't a practicing Catholic. Your husband really wasn't a practicing Catholic. You, you had no children. Can you tell us a little bit about sure. your yes to marriage and then your yes to some of the experiences your husband had? Sure, no problem. So my husband and I got married. Uh, I was 19. He was just 20. And uh, we just actually walked up the street to the Justice of the Peace and got married. Um, you know, we lived in the city. It was kind of, um, it wasn't really spur of the moment, but it wasn't, it, I wanted to go with him. He wanted me to come with him. And if we were married, we could do that. Um, I mean, my husband will totally tell that story differently because he's loved me forever since we were kids um so you know but we got married and it wasn't uh a religious experience let's say that and so we ran off and we came to alaska and um you know we were happy and fine everything's great uh so but you, after did, some did you have any kids when you were in a lot when you first arrived in alaska no, no, no. We okay. came here. Uh, we actually were married for five years before we had any kids. Okay. So um, we had, uh, we came here to Alaska and we were married for five years. And my husband was actually uh, out of town for a long while. So we were separated. I was here and he was gone. And uh, he called me and asked me um, what the point of our marriage was. And here I was like 23, alone, he's gone somewhere else, um, you know, for the military. And I thought, is he breaking up with me? <laughs> like, what is happening right now? Um, and he just said, I don't know. I just want to know what the point of our marriage is. And I said, ask yourself, I don't know. And he said, a long pause. And then he said, I want a baby. And I said, uh, what? <laughs> and he said, well, how, why don't we have any children? And I said, 
I don't know, just, you know, um, we're very secular, uh, kind of agnostic, and I never thought about having kids or not having kids. And I've known my husband since I was 15, and we never had that conversation. Like, when we get married, are we going to have kids? Are we not? Just, you know, every day, not today. Um, so he said that he really felt like God asked him what the point of our marriage was which was very unusual. I was wondering what exactly he was doing <laughs> while he was gone because we also didn't really have any sort of uh, church or spirituality or anything. Um, so him saying that God was asking him to ask me to get a baby and like, it was just really um, kind of shocking and unusual. And I so, could go on and on. <laughs> well, no, but it, it what it really does, you know, is it it really kind of it startled me when you told me, and but it's just such a beautiful testament to the power of God, right? Yeah. Like yeah. God plants this question in your husband's mind, and mm -hmm. you know maybe some of us here. Um, maybe God's trying to plant a question in your mind, you know, like, Hey, you know, why don't we live in Etobicoke? Why don't we move to Alaska? Like, it's, it's just, it's just, to me, it was just the, this, uh, I don't know. I, I fell in love with you because like, here you are, your husband's saying we're going to Alaska. And then you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Like sometimes my husband wants to go to Scarborough, and I'm like, oh, it's too much trouble. <laughs> you're, you're going from Pennsylvania all the way to Alaska, and then your husband says, like, what's the point of our marriage? And you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. And like he's like, I want to have kids, and and that's like a dramatic change. Oh no, he said he wanted one baby. He, he didn't say, I want to have a bunch of kids. He said he wanted one baby. And I, I trust him. And he just quit his job. So he had got out of the military so that we could stay in Alaska. Um, so he was, when he got back, he was about to be unemployed and a college student. <laughs> and he wants a baby. And I said, uh, well, you have no job. So people with no job do not have a baby. And he said, but we have money because uh, we were, you know, always saving money. You know, he said, we could just pay the hospital bill with our money. And I said, um, that's my house money. So no, we're not spending our house money on a baby. And he called up the hospital and asked them how much it costs to have a baby. Who does that? <laughs> and he said, he decided that we had enough money to have a baby and a house. And, um, Plus, he said he would get a job. <laughs> and I said, okay. So, um, you know, it took him a little while, but he decided to go back into the military, but as an active duty Air National Guard uh, member. And so we could stay here forever. He spent 18 and a half years in the Alaska Air National Guard so that we never had to leave. Um, yeah, and, and so, okay, so you're, you know, moving, Tell me a little bit about like you know I want to we want to see these pictures from Alaska and hear what it's like living in the North Pole and everything because I think you know a lot of moms are kind of curious about that. Um, but can you tell me a little bit like how did you go from you know 
agnostic atheist to okay now you're having a child and now you have like 10 children like tell us a little bit about that journey sure. no problem um so my husband when he came back to alaska from his uh, military time he was just adamant still about the baby i thought maybe he would forget about it but he didn't um and so um you know he also said you know it's about time that we grow up and i really want a relationship with god and i want to go to church and i said okay well i um only like to do things that are right you know um i'm not sure how you would pick a church because there's just so many um, here in, in Alaska in Fairbanks, North Pole, there is a church on every corner and they're mostly Baptist, but there's a whole lot of non-denominationals and just they're everywhere. And I told him, I have no idea how you would, how to pick which church to go to. And he said, well, let's just pick one and go there and see what it's about. And I said, no way. I just can't do that. It's not my nature. I'm kind of bookish. So I went to the library and I got a whole bunch of books. What does it mean to be Baptist? What does it mean to be Methodist? What is Presbyterian anyway? Um, you know, and things like that. And it turned out that was very confusing. Um, so because it doesn't actually mean that much to be Baptist. There's not a creed there. You know, it was it was actually pretty hard to nail that down. But one thing I decided at the start was that we would definitely not be Catholic and we would definitely not be Mormon um, because a lot of people here are Mormon and I worked with a lot of Mormons and they always try to recruit you to their church. So they tell you a lot about it. And I just had it in my heart, like we're not going to be Mormon, but also not Catholic um, because oddly, my husband and I are both baptized Catholic. Um, our the community in Pittsburgh is very culturally Catholic. So when you have a baby, you take them to the church and you baptize them. But then we've never really been back after that. Um, so our family, who was not religious at all, seemed Catholic. And so to us, that just meant nothing. And um, also a lot of these other faiths defined what they believed by their anti-Catholicism. And, you know, so when I went to a Baptist church, they would say, well, we don't do this and we don't do that because that's what the Catholics do. But they didn't really have a lot to say about what they do do or what they do believe. They just had a lot of don'ts. So we spent um, some time going to almost every church in this town <laughs> um, and really asking them what, what does one of the just to, to, one of the first questions I actually asked April I'm like do they have a Catholic church in the North Pole <laughs> you know and uh, and what did you say I, we have St. Nicholas Catholic Church of course St. <laughs> Nicholas Drive in North Pole and um, you know of course we have Catholic Church um, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. Um, after a while, I, I came to my husband and I solemnly told him that it turns out the truth is that we have to be Catholic um, because I, because every sort of um, faith that I was looking at defined themselves by what they don't do because the Catholics do it. I started looking at, well, why do Catholics do that? And I got this book 
I think it was by Patrick Madrid and it was like um, what Catholics really believe or something like that. And it was just not what I thought, you know, I said what Catholics really believe about the Pope, what Catholics really believe about Holy Communion, what, and everything. And I just read that book in an hour because I was so hungry for that truth. And I told my husband, I need another book. And the next book I got was The Conversion of Scott Hahn. (laughs) and then you're kind of done for after that because here he is this protestant biblical scholar um which really spoke to me because he was smart he wasn't emotional you know he had this really intellectual conversion um and that's what i needed now my husband he was like i I already knew that was going to be so let's go um and he we just went to the parish uh, there in Fairbanks, um, because at that time we were living in Fairbanks, which is just about uh, 20, 15 or 20 miles away from the North Pole here. And um, we, we started going to the Sacred Heart Parish and my husband asked about RCIA. And it felt like maybe we weren't doing the right thing because uh, several times he tried to start RCIA but he kept getting sent away for the military. And so then it was like, is this a sign from God that we're not supposed to be doing this? <laughs> it's, oh, no. you know, it's too hard. Um, and my husband said, no, you know, um, this is just the evil one, you know? And I never really heard that kind of talk, especially from him, you know? But he was like, this is just the devil. Like when you have something really great and good, like, of course, like evil tries to keep you from that. The things that are easy um, are bad, you know, it, when it just comes to you like, yeah, candy, eat candy. <laughs> you know, it's so easy to eat candy, but eating healthy food is a lot harder. And um, he um, just really uh, p- persevered. And honestly, uh, he had a really spiritual conversion to God um, at that time. And my conversion was really more intellectual. You know, I could see from Scott Hahn, okay, this is the right path. This is the correct way. This Mm -hmm. is the um, book way that Mm -hmm. you should do it. Mm -hmm. But my husband was just in love with God and he really wanted in the church. So he was the motivator. And I would say it was a long time, probably two years before I had a washing over of the Holy Spirit that really um, filled up my heart. So, what, a, what, a, what just what an incredible, you know, what an incredible journey and what an incredible <laughs> testament to the power of God. And just my hats off to you, to your yeses, right? <laughs> because, uh, oh my gosh, like, I know. Sometimes it's funny because I think, do I trust God or do I trust Pete? That's my husband. (laughs) Because, you know, he, he says, this is what we should do. And I think, no, (laughs) and then I just do it, you know, and it always um, has worked for me. But then through my faith, I realized that trusting your husband is trusting God. Um, You know, it's really letting him lay down his life for you and letting him um, guide the family as a spiritual leader of your household, that that's always going to lead to God and, and draw you more close to now, God. Now, April, what would you say to the, you know, to the moms who 
who who have a husband that you know yeah maybe he's going to church um or maybe he's not but he's really not being a spiritual leader like he's mm -hmm. kind of relinquished that role and kind of thrown it over to you it, it becomes i think hard for moms like that to you know submit to their husbands or mm -hmm. they wish that he would be a leader maybe in right, that area. Right. what thoughts do you have for them yeah well i would say um mostly pray for your husband and also to make sure that when you um are involved with stuff with the parish or uh, your prayer life that you really exude joy over those things. Um, you know, because some people tend to make it like this burden, like we have to go to mass and, uh, you know, sort of as it's a killjoy or we can't do this and we can't do that. Um, and I really feel like our ministry, our family is um, a gift of the Holy Spirit of hospitality. Uh, that we really like to make being serious Catholics very um, desirable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, that's what I would say is just pray and pray for your husband and make the faith a faith of joy, not a faith of rules or regulations or burdens, but um, really just try to show them the joy. Or not that like that that huff and puff. <laughs> no one understands me. No. <laughs> right. You know, right. You're being, no one's going to be attracted to the huff and puff. You know. Right. Huff and puff mom. Now tell us a little bit. I've got like honestly after I uh, after I got off our last Zoom call, I was saying to my family, I said. I have fallen in love with this woman, April. <laughs> I said, you know, there's so many stories that we shared. And I thought I could probably spend another two hours on the phone with her. Oh, yeah. So I want to make sure that we kind of cover, uh, you know, some of these things. Um, what's it like to live in the North Pole? And uh, you, I know you've got some photographs that you're going to share with <laughs> us. So... You know, can you tell us a little bit about, because it's like just so incredibly different, like what's the population, what, you know, like, sure. tell us a little bit about life in the North Pole. Sure, um, well, if you don't mind, I'll go back to the screen share, and oh, yeah. um, then I'll tell you while I show you the photos there. Let's see if I can make that happen. Okay, so um, this photo, you can see that is uh, the Santa Claus house. <laughs> it's sort of the centerpiece of North Pole. It's very Christmassy and it's right on the highway, a big centerpiece. Um, and so it's the main kind of tourist attraction, but North Pole is actually quite a small town. Um, maybe 1500 people live in the city of North Pole. I technically live about a mile outside of the city limits, but our whole zip code is uh, still North Pole. Um, but the city itself is very small. Um, and we are a sort of, sort of suburb of Fairbanks. Um, and Fairbanks is about all together in our borough, which is the size of Rhode Island, um, about 100,000 people. Uh, so it's, um, you know, it's not, a, North Pole is a super small town, but the area is, um, you know, 100,000 people is not the smallest. Um, so this is the Santa Claus house at about 3.30 in the afternoon. 
This is 3.30 um, in the afternoon, okay. Right, so uh, a weird thing about living in North Pole in the winter at Christmas time is the dark. Um, so this is just the middle of the afternoon here. Um, Oh, sorry. I, I was sticking with Christmas there and I got uh, onto my Christmas stocking. So um, it doesn't seem like a lot of kids, but when you hang the stockings, it's a lot of stockings. Um, so, so is this uh, in your home here? This is my home right right here. Um, yeah, these are all our little Smith S, S stockings. And you know, the funny thing about being a mom with a lot of kids who didn't plan to have a lot of kids is um, when uh, I feel like maybe this is a place that the Lord is calling me to tell people that um, after I had my first baby, I cried for a long time. It was extremely difficult to transition for me to being a mom. And um, then I had another baby very quickly. So my first two babies are just 18 months apart and then another one. So I had three kids in three years. And I sort of, after every one, I was completely and utterly maxed out and done. And my husband just has this way of convincing you that everything's going to be okay. And that you can do anything. He's very motivational. And I had a boy and two girls. And then he said, well, but our son just needs a brother. <laughs> and one more baby just it's really no big deal like I'll take care of you everything will be fine and uh, our, our son needs a brother here and so I said okay one more like four kids is a lot <laughs> this is enough and I don't know my husband said they just felt like the Holy Spirit told him that his last child would be a daughter so here we have these four kids but the last one was a boy so he wanted one more baby to get his baby daughter and so I have another baby, five, and she was a daughter. So surely that is enough, right? I mean, that was his baby daughter that the Holy Spirit told him. And then he just said, I mean, we already have five kids. I just don't see the big deal here about one more. And <laughs> I told him, well, if you want another baby, and, and you're, I can see that this is going to go on forever, um, then I want the biggest house ever because um, we had a small house that we bought when we had no children. So we were really packed in there with triple bunk beds in our bedrooms. And of course, uh, we're not rich. So I said, I want the biggest house we can possibly afford. And I'm a realtor. And so I searched and searched for houses. And this one day, a lady at our parish told me, you should buy my house. And I said, oh, that's funny. Because she had this house that was built for extreme makeover home edition. So is this ginormous house that was beautiful. And it was from a television show. Like, I can't afford that house. I have, you know, six kids and, and every, my husband's in the military. We don't have any money. And uh, she said, no, ever since they built the house for me, I thought when I'm done with this house, I want Pete and April to have my house. And it turned out that the house had um, some issues that caused it to be a fixer upper. And so we were able to actually buy the house, um, even though it had 
no working bathrooms and no appliances and a lot of other problems. Um, so we do have this huge, beautiful house uh, that allows us to really have hospitality. And so uh, in that agreement, I told my husband that he could have as many kids as he wanted. <laughs> and so uh, we, we are on 10 um, and I don't know, I'm 43 today. So we'll see what God has for us. Um, but also I, I um, will tell you, this is a uh, Santa Claus. He lives here in North Pole and that this is his legal name, Santa Claus. Um, he used to be my daughter's school bus driver. So that's what it's like to live in North Pole that Santa Claus drives the school bus. And uh, he's also on the city council and he's kind of a quirky guy. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, very Christmassy here. And, and his legal name is Santa Claus, you said, right? Correct. On his driver's license, he's the city, a member of our city council. When you vote, you had to vote for Santa Claus. <laughs> so um, it's the, this uh, is from a news article. And uh, what they're saying here is uh, Santa Claus is a little bit of a... Um, blue like a democrat he's actually um but the north pole city is very republican so they're saying that he's a bastion of blue on the city council as red as rudolph's nose so it's kind of funny because most people think why is he on there he's crazy like he doesn't go with anything else that um the whole community ever wants to do but people vote for him because he's santa claus so <laughs> that's what it's like to live in North Pole. Santa Claus gets on the city council, even though no one believes in his politics. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and this is kind of a little sign um, at the bank, you know, everything stays sort of Christmas all year. Our, our light poles have candy cane stripes. This is the bank sign as candy cane, uh, a little holly around it. And uh, of course it's 36 degrees. So that was just in fall. It's not Christmas time at all. Um, and so everything is just a little Christmassy all year round um, here in North Pole. Um, and then this is what our, our fall is like, because um, we do have a fabulous summer here, um, but it goes very quickly from green at the beginning of September, everything turns, the leaves turn, and then it snows uh, very quickly there in September in just a few days. It, it all the way turns from summer to winter very, very quickly. And, um, you know, and then the snow stays. See, that's an unusual thing there in Toronto. Like I'm from Pennsylvania. It snows. I think it's a winter storm over there now, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it snows, but then the snow will melt. But right. here the snow comes in September and it stays all the way almost till May. So oh, wow. it is a, it, once these flakes fall, they are the same puddles that we're stepping in in April. So okay. it's, uh, it's long and snowy. Um, and this is uh, my neighbor. You see all the copyrights on there from Deborah Reeves. Uh, she's just a prolific photographer around the neighborhood. Um, and this is just in, in her yard there. She has a little moose visiting her and we often have wildlife um visiting us around the neighborhood uh so that's kind of a young moose so he's a little small um 
and then this is a lynx. It's a very large wild cat um, that was just in, in uh, this, someone just posted it on a, a little um, Facebook page for North Pole to watch your pets because there's a lynx hunting off Dawson. So you have to kind of keep your small animals and things, um, keep an eye on them because there's a lot of wildlife around um, here. Um, this is Deborah's little cabin that is just down here on the corner. And so you can see all the lovely snow that it just stays all year long. And it's really not windy here. So the snow just stays setting on the trees. Um, and it, it just makes it like beautiful as if you live in a snow globe. Oh, wow. Uh, it's, it's just wonderful. People ask, well, don't you hate the winter? Isn't it so cold? But I, it's indescribable how beautiful it is. It takes your breath away every time you step outside. Um, this is the slough just down the street from our house here when it was just starting to freeze probably um, in October. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, um, you know, really beautiful. Just driving around in the neighborhood is, it makes, it's surreal how beautiful it is, especially after growing up in a big city. It's very, it almost has a mystical feel for sure, right? Uh -huh. um, and like this slide is what I was telling you about earlier that here, these photos are at 2.30 p.m. Um, so it's about four minutes of daylight at, at the, um, on the day or four hours and four minutes of daylight, uh, in when the person took these photos and you can see our candy cane light poles and it's just a little town there. And, uh, it's quite dark in winter. So you have only four hours of daylight then, is that correct? Uh, actually, right now, the 21st is the shortest day, so it's more about uh, just under three hours right now. Three yeah. hours, okay. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, this is what happens in the dark. So this is my neighbor Deborah's cabin with uh, the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights. Um, this is what it looks like outside in, when you go anytime it's dark. It could be four in the afternoon and you just walk outside and this is the sky. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and this is just another photo of the Aurora with a lot of stars. Um, it's really amazing. Here it is so dark because there's not a lot of light pollution. There's no really huge city. So you can see stars that this city girl never knew existed. <laughs> when you come here, it's just so breathtaking and beautiful. It's really um, worth it. It's worth 40 below. Um, this is just at the, um, the slough down here again. And you can just see all of the stars. It makes me just think of that word that you kind of only hear in church of firmament. You know, it's kind of um, just that beautiful um, adornment of the sky from God. And this is the Northern Lights and just some open water. And it's, um, I don't know how to describe it except for breathtaking every day. You never really get used to it. I, I think too that, you know, you sort of, it's, I think it's almost easier to experience God, right? Than in a big city, because like every day you go outside, 
and your, your, your breath is taken away by the, you know, just the spectacular beauty, you know, and, and so you're, you're, oh my gosh, look at that. You just must be filled with awe when you. Right. Well, this is the lake that's just at the end of my road here. So this is uh, about five minutes from my house. There's a, a large lake there and it's one of the best places in the world to see the aurora. So a lot of people, you see the light pollution is from a little um, sort of beachside restroom and this is in the fall. So the lake's not frozen. Mm -hmm. So you can see the reflection and um, it's quite amazing. People come from all over the world. If you go out to that lake um, on a clear night, you will find people from all over the world just sitting out there staring and um, really letting, you know, God's creation wash over them. So it's pretty amazing. Let's see. Oh, well. That's my, those are my outside pictures, but this is uh, just the kids. It was only about eight below on below zero on this day. And so they wanted to go sled riding at their school. Um, all, all of our school playgrounds have, they build little dirt mounds for just short sledding hills. So that's kind of a quirky thing about North Pole that because the snow stays the whole school year, um, they build little sled hills in there in their um, playgrounds and the kids play outside until it's uh, more than 20 below zero. More than 20 below zero and these yeah. kids are, you know, these kids are outside. So I guess they do spend a lot of time. You, you, do your kids spend a lot of time outside? Sure. Their, their daddy is an outside person. I told you he stayed here because he wanted to breathe. And um, he's, that's my husband sitting there at the top of the hill, making a, pushing all the kids down. Uh -huh. um, and this is a bunch of neighborhood kids. It's at the school playground. So he just sit, sat up there for probably two hours at about negative seven and pushed kids down. And the kids didn't want to come when it was time to go. So they, um, I don't know, you just acclimate to the cold. Uh, at negative 21, the kids get to stay inside for recess, but negative 19, they're out there. They're good. They're out there. Yeah, they're, they're out there. Um, and our, our kids don't know, really. The only thing that will keep them in is wind, which there's rarely wind. But if you add wind to negative 20, it's not very fun. This is our backyard. Oh my gosh, look at that. Wow. Yeah, so the kids just, they don't care. They go out there and they dig their little paths and play still on their um, their swing sets and play in their clubhouses. This is my husband with the boys. And you see um, Exit Glacier in the background there. Um, this is a, a drive from our house, but um, it's just, you just get on the highway and keep driving and you get to the ocean about 400 miles later. <laughs> And this is Exit Glacier. It's one of the most well-known uh, landlocked glaciers in the world. And my kids, uh, they don't know that that is just an amazing thing that people wait their entire life to see and experience the glacier. Because you see, they're more concerned with the rocks and throwing them <laughs> in the water. And, um, you know, they're quite jaded to the... Um, the beauty here because they were born into it. So they don't, they think that this is just how the world looks and just what 
everyone experiences them. This is my husband and I, we're at Denali National Park, which is just about an hour and a half, two hour drive from here. Um, and we're just taking the kids on a little day trip. There's the one weird thing that happens to you living in Alaska is uh, the 400 mile drive to exit Glacier. Well, that's just a weekend trip. We just left on Friday after work and came back on Sunday. Um, and, wow. you know, living in the Northeast, we would never do that. Never. I almost never left my neighborhood. Um, but here, just down the road, three or 400 miles, that's fine. We'll just go do that today and then come back the next day. That's um, yeah, this is at um, so, uh, Seward, Alaska which is sort of the end of the road here. It's, this is the ocean. It's quite beautiful down there. And um, really there's whales. There's a bunch of little sea otters right out there in the water. And um, here's my little boys. Just thought people might want some cuteness today. <laughs> no, they're definitely very cute. Yeah. And, um, you know, just Alaska. This is just my son. He's caribou hunting and you can see how there's no trees. That's, uh, we live very far north. Um, we actually, you know, we live 400 miles from the ocean. So we're right in the middle. And then he's quite a few more miles north and, and there's hardly any trees. It's really that sort of tundra that you hear about in school. Um, that's, that's where they are. And uh, they do a lot of fishing. And this is my older son. Um, he's just, you know, out with his girlfriend there and they're hunting for fun for a date. <laughs> so that's kind of, uh, that's special about this place too. And uh, that's just my son. I, I don't know, that one got in there, but he's going to the Marines. So that's his COVID Marine picture. But I wanted to show everyone this picture, which is my mom friend. Um, who uh, she went hunting and that's her caribou. And it is quite large, it's kind of a Santa's reindeer, but that's what we're eating for dinner every night around here. And wow. um, you know, she's just a mom. She's a little girl, probably uh, 125 pounds there. And so moms can hunt caribou and uh, you can also see sort of the treeless land around there. Um, She's, she's a really nice lady and she has three kids and that's how they spend their weekend. And uh, I just wanted to show this picture because um, it really sort of defines our family that these are just some friends. Uh, it's my, I think this is uh, my son Levi's birthday party a few months ago. And we have this gigantic um, cafeteria table, like a high school cafeteria table as our dining room table and um, we just always open our house and we are so full of kids and um, this is actually probably just two families who are visiting us because at our parish um, we just have so many families with a lot of children like I have 10, 10, 10 kids but I'm not the only one in our parish with 10 kids so and, it's very, so a lot of moms have uh, large families there. Oh yes, four, five, six, seven, ten. It just our our rows are filled with car seats, and our parking lot is filled with passenger vans. 
Um, and one of the reasons that our parish is so alive, oh, there's my van, um, is so alive, I really believe is, um, you know, what I was talking about earlier, about just really exuding joy with your life. Um, our parish is pretty young because we have two huge military bases here. And um, my husband is just this really um, wonderful evangelizer. And he's very fun. So we're always having parties and welcoming people into our home. And I think they just see um, through our parish that you can do it. You know, that anyone can be, have a lot of children and a moderate income and be really happy and love God and serve God in that way. So um, this is my van with my uh, campaign stickers on it. I actually ran for school board this summer and uh, there's my little boys with my campaign. <laughs> That's a beautiful picture. I love it. <laughs> Uh, my husband and my son, you know, we're really a team. We work together and do everything. They are building some some giant uh, highway sign stands for me. Right. And, um, you know, I, I also wanted to show before our time is up that it does turn summer here. Um, and this is our beautiful National Historic Landmark um, Church in downtown Fairbanks called Immaculate Conception Catholic Church. It's one of the oldest buildings in Fairbanks. And it's very beautiful. And let's see what else I had here for you. Oh, and, and it turns quite warm here in summer also. Here's our, uh, our, our thermometer on the back porch there, uh, approaching 100 degrees in the summer. So it's really a, a time of, um, oh, and, and then this is my last picture, just my husband and I, when before we had kids, when we were about uh, maybe 20-ish. And... That was my last slide there. So, yeah. So, I, I just I want to uh, go through some of the comments we've got here because uh, just just to say, okay. So, um, okay. So you got a lot of birthday greetings here. Happy birthday, mm -hmm. April. Um, good afternoon uh, from St. David's Parish in Maple. Hi, Claude. Nice to see you. Another happy birthday, April. Happy birthday from Paula and Clarkson. Uh, Shannon says happy birthday from upstate New York. Uh, Janine Wu, happy birthday. I think she's from Scarborough. Uh, Claude, oh, your birthday was December the 14th. So happy birthday to you too. Um, uh, Catherine uh, Sersani, uh, thanks for coming back, Catherine. Uh, she's wishing you a happy birthday. Anne, uh, Anne McGee is saying, may the Lord continue to bless you. Another happy birthday. You're going to become a celebrity here in the Archdiocese of Toronto. <laughs> happy birthday. Um, more happy birthday. Oh, what a beautiful family you have. Beautiful family. I've never heard of North Pole, Alaska. It looks amazing. Wow, it's amazing. Um, someone, okay. Aurora B seems to be like the second sun to make up for the short daylight. Does it make up for the lack of sun, um, April? Someone's oh. asking. Um, no. Oh, so the sun, the lack of sun is um, just so unusual. Um, and the aurora, you really, you have to go outside to see it. It doesn't create light. It's something that you can see, but it doesn't create light. 
Um, so like the sun creates light and illuminates the ground, but the aurora actually doesn't do that. It's just something that you can see. And so it's not very bright. Um, and the, the lack of sun really causes the kids around like 4 PM to start whining about um, dinner and bedtime. And, um, you know, it just gives you that nighttime feeling around three or 4 PM. Um, so it kind of makes your clock a little off. Now, I, I, uh, for, for those of you that are here from the Archdiocese of Toronto, I, I want you to pray up a storm because guess what? Guess what? Uh, April right now is thinking very seriously about joining our network of mothers groups and starting a mothers group uh, in the North Pole, uh, you know, using our materials and everything. She's still discerning it, but I want you to be praying for her because wouldn't it be cool to say, you know, we got a girlfriend in the North Pole? Mm -hmm. It would be so fantastic. So please pray um, for April. Uh, you know, we do have, just for those of you that have never attended one of our virtual meetups before, we do have, we've helped start 45 uh, different moms groups. We've got a, a mother's group starter kit. Usually I, uh, you know, I talk a little bit more about the ministry than I did today, but I was just so excited to see all of uh, April's slides and everything. So I, I didn't share those things. Um, but April, I do have to ask you a question. I know we're running out of time and it's almost three o'clock. But here you are, you know, you're a mom of 10, you're really involved in your parish, I know, on a different mm -hmm. programs, um, you know, you're, you know, realtor, like, how do you do all of this? Like, how do you, where do you get the energy and where do you get the the conviction and now like you know so many times that like I'm almost begging moms would you start a mom's group because like moms need to be ministered to and be like oh I'm too busy I'm too exhausted I'm too this and here you are mom of 10 and you know chances are good you're gonna start a mom's group for um tell us your what's your is there a secret is there a are there certain practices or okay I don't know how to tell this story succinctly, but I will try. Um, because I was baptized Catholic, I had to make confession uh, before we could get married in the church, okay? Uh, because we were baptized Catholic, we were in trouble because we were not married in the church. So when we came into the church, we had to get our marriage blessed in the church, and we had to make a confession before that. And so I made this confession of my entire life, and at that time, I honestly feel like all the grace that God had for me that was held in this sort of upside down umbrella my entire life since my baptism, because I couldn't really receive it because I was in sin in various ways and not going to church and that all of that was just poured out for me at that time. And that I really just received a gift from the Holy Spirit. And that gift was a gift of hospitality and of energy and um, really being able to trust the Holy Spirit. And so um, I have no idea how everything comes together. A lot of it, honestly, is um, that I have the most wonderful husband. You know, I mean, 
he works and as soon as he comes home from work he immediately is with the children he takes them places he does things with them um, he really just supports me in all the crazy things that I want to do um, like the running for school board of course I would never do that without my husband on board and first he said no you have a lot going on you don't need to burden yourself with the whole community's problems you know and after um, so I went and I asked some people whose campaign can I work on I want to help someone else and of course they came back to me and said you're the one uh, we want you to do it and I went to my husband and he said you know I've been praying about it and I think you are the one and so he really committed to helping me with that and so uh, without my husband and without both of our trust in God we could not do anything so and, I think that's the secret. Yeah, and, and I, I think that, too, the, the other thing that is funny that you mentioned a general confession, because um, I, I think it was like in 19, was it 1988 or 1989, just to show you how old I am. Um, I had a general confession because I had moved a, away from confession for a, a number of years for a, a number of different reasons. And... Um, I had decided, you know, one year, like, I wonder what would happen if I just for one year completely obeyed all of the commandments and submitted to the authority of the church and didn't question anything and, you know, renounced, you know, yoga and astrology, just renounced all mm -hmm. those things. And just for one year, live as if everything my mom had taught me was true. <laughs> and it was just again this floodgate of um you know supernatural energy this floodgate of you know supernatural ideas like i often say like who the heck would have thought that i'd be speaking to a mom in the north pole and that she was you know considering starting a, a, a mother's group you know based on a program that we've done like who would have ever thought i could have never conceived right. that and that when we do participate in the sacrament of reconciliation when we do get out from under the yoke of you know one or two or three mortal sins that maybe we don't even know our mortal mm -hmm. sins and when we do say yes to all the teachings of the church that it's actually a pretty supernatural experience it is. Right? and it's just so freeing I remember the day that my husband said you know if we're really going to be Catholic they don't like believe in birth control and all that stuff and so we're just going to have to really let that go and I just looked at him and I said <laughs> uh, and so you're okay with that and he was like of course I am. I'm okay with anything God wants from me at this point. And I said, I guess I'm okay with that too. <laughs> and so we have just been there. And people often think this is what I was saying about the um, bring joy is people uh, think that the Catholic church is just this place full of oppressive rules and um, telling you all the things that you can't do with your life. But for me, becoming catholic and accepting all the teachings of the church was the most freeing thing i've ever experienced that i didn't need to listen to the world about the things i could not do everything became open to me and um, i just hope that if there's anyone listening here who is having trouble trusting god or um, 
maybe, you know, discerning that there's just so many big things you want to do with your life and you can't do them if you had children. Um, I just want to say that we just had a, a um, Supreme Court justice appointed who has seven children and is a faithful Catholic, um, you know, and that I have a real estate business and I'm doing my school board and I have 10 children. I have six kids in remote learning every day. And I just work hard and I trust God. And it, um, I could have never, ever imagined for one minute having even one child and everything is not just fine, but wonderful. So I just really, I just really want to encourage people um, that anything can happen in life and that you shouldn't make serious um, changes and plans in your life based on your circumstance now, because you just never know what is God has for you in the future. No. And, and, and just so being open, right? Being open. To, this is the thing that I, I just fell in love with you and like, you, you know, open to go to Alaska, open mm-hmm. to become a Catholic, open to have more children, open to running for you know and then you i will never forget to that story you told me where uh like you, you say that your husband have have traveled a lot that like you know sometimes oh, you yeah. hopped on a plane and you know you're in hawaii or you hop on a bus like tell i know we're, we should be finished but you just got to give me a little share a little bit about all the traveling that you've done because you just inspired sure. me so much um sure you know one thing people always say is like well, I don't want to have another kid. I just want these kids to grow up so then we can travel or do something with my life. And I would um, really encourage people to just do those things anyway. Um, My husband was in the Air National Guard. And so he works on a huge plane. And occasionally the plane would just say, uh, we're going to Florida for four days for a commander's meeting. And they will take passengers, first come, first serve, hurry up, run out here at five in the morning and wait and see if you get on the plane. And so we would just throw something in a bag and run out there and see if we could get on the plane. And we have been all over the U.S., 43 states, um, Hawaii, Guam, uh, Belgium, Germany, uh, Norway. Uh, (laughs) My husband, I mean, and we just we just take the kids with us. And of course, that's a gift that we could often get a free flight. Or um, I'll tell you a really great story that I can't resist right now. I feel like God's calling me to this. Is um, my husband's grandfather died. And we had five kids. So there would be seven of us. And my husband came to me and he said, well, I want to go home for the funeral to Pennsylvania. And I want us all to go. And I said, babe, seven plane tickets for tomorrow. That's going to be $10,000. Like, no, that's irresponsible. We cannot do this. And he said, well, we're doing it. So you better start packing um, because we're leaving tomorrow. We're just going to figure it out. And I said, well, you better put on your, you know, um, prayer shawl here and start (laughs) finding some $10,000 falling out of the sky, you know? (laughs) And he said, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to just, he's at work. And he said, I'm going to sit down right now and pray to God to find a way. And he sat down in his office and started literally praying to God to find a way. And someone knocked on his office door and said, hey, that 
C-5 Galaxy, which is the largest plane in the entire Air Force from West Virginia, really needs uh, their tires checked or whatever my husband's job is. I don't know. Whatever he was doing, he's an aircraft mechanic, so they need you. And my husband said, they're going to West Virginia tomorrow. And the guy said, yeah, they're leaving at 7 a.m. And he said, I'm going to get a ride. And so he talked to them and they said, of course, they would give us a ride and take us all the way to West Virginia, which is the neighbor of Pennsylvania. And he sat at his desk and prayed to the Lord to find a way. And the Lord sent a C5 Galaxy for him to get a ride. And so we rode on this ginormous plane um, all alone, all the way to West Virginia. But then we were in West Virginia, we still had no way to get to Pennsylvania, right? I mean, it was just an hour drive, whatever. So um, we are there and we're waiting and we call a cab to just get us off the base and try to rent a car. And the cab said, if you give me $100, I'll drive you all the way to Pittsburgh. And so he drove us all the way to Pittsburgh. And then we had no way home, Dorothy. So how are we getting home, right? And my husband just refuses to deal with how we're getting home until we've been there for about a week and it's Sunday and he needs to go back to work. Sunday night, he said, just start calling every Air Force base on the whole East Coast and ask them if they have any planes going anywhere west. Because if we can get west, we could get a less expensive plane ticket to Alaska, right? I called everywhere. There's nowhere. No, I mean, they're not going anywhere like Missouri. Nowhere really helpful. So finally, he said, hey, there's this weird little base in Ohio about two hours from here. Uh, they're not on the list, but I know they're there. Call this base. So I called them and they said, ma'am, we're going west, but you don't want to go where we're going. And I said, no, I do. Where is it? And he said, we're going all the way west right to Ielson Air Force Base, Alaska. Ielson Air Force Base, Alaska is my backyard. That is five minutes from my house. That's where my husband works. So they, I said, well, good. Well, when are you going? We want to go. And he said, tomorrow. And we drove over there and we got a ride home. And that's what, um, I'm not going to say that it always works out like that, but it always works out like that. Um, you know, it's just, my husband is so faith-filled and so trusting of God and I'm just along for the ride. You know, he, it, um, God can do all the great things, but it was important for us to witness at his grandfather's funeral um, because we were the only Catholics, real practicing Catholics in the family. And his grandfather was a Catholic who loved the faith. So um, it, it was super Such important for us to be there. Story. Oh my gosh, April. Thank you so much. I've got, I, I've literally got goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> just your, your, your stories are beautiful. Your, your, your spirit is beautiful. You, you cer certainly have all of us here, I think, believing more in the, in the supernatural, right? Mm -hmm. like so for many, sure. For sure. We, we just don't live our life in a way as if God is supernatural. And the one thing that always scares me about women to Today is this belief that they have that I have to do it all, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, I've got to be making the additional $65,000 and I have to be doing all the cooking and I have, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't very often today's woman doesn't leave room for God, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, we, we have to leave room 
for God, you know, like no one else could have orchestrated that flight that you just spoke Never. about, right? Um, that that we, we do have to leave room for God and, and trust and, and praise. Anyway, uh, it's just been such an honor uh, having you here today, uh, April. It's been um, such a joy. I wanted to also thank all of you that are um, have joined us today. Thank you for sharing this beautiful story. Thanks, Dorothy. Uh, thank you, April. You were splendid. God has manifested himself, absolutely. Um, so from the bottom of our hearts, um, April, <laughs> so Shannon is saying, April, I think you should write a book. That's exactly the thing that I actually had said to April. Uh, there's a couple of other stories that she told me last week that uh, we haven't had a chance to share, but oh, I'm hoping if she becomes one of our mother's group leaders, we'll be talking to a lot more of her, that's for sure. Um, uh, tears here as you were speaking about the travels and the trust so inspiring thank you, thank you. Um, so thank you each and every one of you for uh, joining us today uh, Paola Marshall thanks April for being such an incredible witness to the Lord would your husband be open to a father's Catholic group online <laughs> hey hey who knows maybe we'll have a uh, Maybe we'll have uh, April and her husband back, you know, and we can, uh, oh, we'll see. We'll pray our way through. But that's a great question, Paula. Uh, God's blessing to you and your family. Um, and if any of you here, you know, if you want to um, mail um, me a note for um, April, I can make sure that I, I get it to her. Uh, if you have any of the Dynamic Women of Faith conference brochures, our um, address is on there. But um, anyway, visit our website at www.catholicmomsgroup.com. So it's three words, Catholic momsgroup.com and if you want to be in touch with April or if you want her contact information send me an email and I'll fire it off to her um, Paula says thank you Dorothy for bringing April to us and all of us closer to the truest vocation when you allow Jesus to drive your life journey I share the I, I I, I share the amazement at the results. May God bless you. Hi, Susan. This is from the Niagara Falls region. Uh, and, and Susan Taras, I think, is gone. We have an annual conference, and she's gone probably to all of them, all 12. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, April. Um, most of you know that I like to close with uh, a very old song. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started and before you know it comes a time we have to say so long. So goodbye everybody. Uh, we are taking a break because a week today is, as you know, um, 
uh, Christmas Eve. And in the Polish tradition, it's sort of a very solemn and holy tradition that we have here. So I'll be praying that whole day. I'll be praying for you guys. Love you so much, April. I'm sure we'll be talking to you real soon. Bye, everybody. Um, and Bye. talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you so much. Bye. Any closing thoughts or words, April? Uh, I just wanted to say what an honor it was to be here and, and be able to speak to everyone. And I hope that everyone just um, takes this last week to Christmas to really trust the Holy Spirit and know that being a mom and a wife is the most important thing you can do to love and serve God. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thank uh, you. okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.